Welcome to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is the nation's number one program for you as a family caregiver. I am Peter Rosenberger, and I am so glad to have you with us here today. How are you feeling? How are you doing? What's going on with you? This program is designed for those who put themselves between a vulnerable loved one and even worse disaster. Those who are caring for somebody with special needs, a child with special needs, a family member with special needs, a parent that's aging, somebody with Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, somebody who has had some type of traumatic event, stroke, somebody who is caring for somebody who's an alcoholic or an addict. There are so many different types of afflictions that are chronic, that affect so many people, and there's always a family caregiver. Somebody asked, what's between a caregiver and a family caregiver? A paycheck. A paycheck is the difference. Because family caregivers are people that just step up without remuneration, without a check, without any type of training, most of us. And we throw ourselves into the Herculean task of caring for a chronically impaired loved one. How do you help the family caregiver? Why should you help the family caregiver? Because healthy caregivers make better caregivers. And it's a two-for-one deal if the caregiver goes down. And so this program is designed specifically to help those of you who are doing that right now. If you're not a caregiver, you're going to get something out of what we do here. But the program is for the family caregiver. And I usually start off every call with, how are you feeling? Because I want caregivers to get comfortable talking in their own voice, speaking from their own heart, sharing what's going on with them. It doesn't matter what comes after the word I. They can be, there's no wrong answer. They can be distressed, resentful, whatever. It doesn't matter. But now we can have an honest conversation. And I am glad that you're a part of this program. The difference between this program and any other program for family caregivers is that I don't do a how-to program. This is how you do it. I don't do that. I can't tell you how to take care of your loved one anymore than you can tell me how to take care of mine. This program is a, this is how I do it. I'm still a caregiver. And I have been now for more than 35 years. And, and so as I journey alongside you, these are things that I've learned along the way that I have mostly foraged for, but I've tried to put it in a way that makes sense to you as a caregiver, to me as a caregiver. And I'm going to get into that a little later in the program. And if, by the way, if you want to be on the program, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And I like to play a hymn of something that means something to me as a caregiver as I go through these things and what anchors me. And the goal is, <coughs> excuse me, that's not covid the goal is not to see who knows all the hymns, but to say, why is this important? And why is this important to me as a caregiver? So I want to go over to the caregiver keyboard here and play this one. If you know this one, give me a call.
That's one of my all-time favorites, and I played it a little bit longer today because I did it for me. I love that hymn, and it anchors me in ways that it's hard to explain. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've said this often. Hans Christian Andersen said, when words fail, music speaks. And oftentimes when words fail for me, I just go to the piano. I just play songs that connect with me and that express what I've got going on in my soul. And these hymns just do that. And if you know that one, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840, Romans eight twenty six. A friend of mine sent me this scripture last night. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You ever not know how to pray? You ever not, you ever struggle with with the words you don't even know what to say? You don't know what a prayer even looks like. I mean, it sounds like you don't. You don't even know. You don't, you can't even form the words. You ever been there as a caregiver? Uh, I was talking about that with last night with a close friend of mine, and he sent me that scripture. And uh, the Spirit knows. Uh, sometimes the the two prayers that I lean on sometimes, or one of them is, um, "Lord, I believe, help my unbelief," and the other one is, "Thou knowest." Sometimes that's all you can say. Thou knowest. We're heading into a very difficult week at my house next week. And it's and it's hard to know how to pray. Thou knowest. Sometimes that's all we got. Lord, you know. And it says right here, Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. What does that mean to you? I know what it means to me. It means that I am not left to flounder around that when I don't have the words, he's already praying for me. The Spirit is already interceding for us. And the chorus of that song I just played, and leaving your spirit till the work on earth is done. And Jesus said, you know, when he, when he left, he said, you know, I'm going to leave now because um, the Comforter will come. And that's what the Holy Spirit does is comfort us in these moments as we look around at this broken world. I remember doing an interview once and, and they were asking about difficult times and I told them, you know, I live here in Montana and I'm looking out at the Rockies and every place I look is a postcard. It's just so beautiful. But it's all groanings. Scripture says all cre- creation is groaning, waiting for the final redemption of all this. But it's beautiful, but it's groaning, but it's beautiful, but it's groaning. That's us. And there's beauty in each one of you as caregivers, but you're groaning. The great news is there's one who's groaning on your behalf. 
This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. Hopeforthecaregiver.com. We'll be right back. Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if, like a lot of people, you just have a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MediShare. It's a Christian healthcare sharing program. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they love it. In fact, MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to that of health insurance. And MediShare really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. It's been around more than 25 years. Members have shared more than $4 billion of each other's medical bills. Plus, MediShare is for you. It has saved its members billions by advocating on their behalf. Best of all, the typical savings for a family is around $6,000 a year. So if you think you're stuck with a high-cost health plan that doesn't have much to offer, think again. MediShare has a 98% customer satisfaction rating, and you are invited to be part of it. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge. Defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Davis. Afghanistan and Africa's Sihel region are expected to become hotspots for persecution in this new year, according to a report from religious freedom charity Release International. Other nations like India and North Korea are countries where persecution is also increasing. And last year, jihadists forced Christians in the north of West Africa to close churches and assaulted religious leaders. Well, Pacific Justice Institute has helped a number of Christians who face death threats and persecution to obtain religious asylum. Partner with PJI in the fight to help protect persecuted Christians around the world. Visit PJI.org. Learn more about PJI's matching gift program at PJI.org. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. Sorry I got caught up listening to that song. I every just about every time I talk with Gary Chapman, I tell him thank you for that song. I I absolutely love that song. And I've loved it for forty years and I'm grateful uh, that he wrote it and it's um it's a very meaningful song to me. This is Peter Rosenberger, this is Hope for the Caregiver. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. If you know the song that I played in the A block. Uh, feel free to call and tell me why that's important to you. And I'll give you just a taste of it. Let's see. Uh... It's a very simple song, but boy, it packs a punch theologically. And it is, um, it's a staple for so many Let's go to uh, Troy in Mississippi. Troy, good morning, Troy. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. How about you, brother? You know, I I think I'm I'm hanging tough. What uh what what do you t- tell me about this song? Well, I have a Lord and a Savior that is awesome, and I heard that song back in the '80s by Keith Green. 
and uh, there is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, and that's what's important uh, to me in that song is um, is the redemptive power of Jesus Christ in the lives of His believers. And I am just I'm not a caregiver, but I listen to your program on the way to work every Saturday morning. I just find inspiration and hope, and I find uh, power in the words that you um, uh, express to us through the Word of God. I just want to say thank you for what you do, because you're not just touching caregivers. You're touching the lives of those that are uh, just seeking God's truth and God's Word. So thank you so much. Troy, that means a lot, and I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, What do you do for a living? Where are you heading to work? Well... Um, I'm an operations manager for a propane company, and it's kind of chilly down here in South Mississippi this week, so we're staying pretty busy. Um, I bet you are. Originally from Illinois, but moved down here in 83 and enjoy it. A buddy of mine does that here, and he he has to chain up this time of year a lot. Oh, yeah? uh, (laughs) Yes, sir. It it gets a little gnarly up here in the Rockies, so um, you stay... You stay safe out there, and uh, thank you for listening, and thank you for being a part of the AFR family and for uh, just being a part of the family of God. It's a treat to know you, and uh, you call in anytime you want, okay, Troy? Thank you, brother. Thank you for all you do. All right. Yes, sir. Let's, uh, let's go to Art in Ohio. Art, tell me about this song. There is a Redeemer. Indeed. Tell me about the tell me about the first time you heard the song, or why is this song important to you? Well, probably when I first heard the song, Peter, I was a young lad then, and as my days expanded, and I became seventy-eight and eight months years of age plus, I realized that that song is a bottom line to eternity. You can put it that way. It really is, and one of the things I like about this song, uh, Melody Green wrote it, Keith's widow, and and one of the things I like about it is that it just so clearly states a bedrock of our faith. There's a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. Thank you, O my Father, for giving us your Son and leaving your Spirit till the work on earth is done. And I I, I think that... um, um, so many of us, there's so many songs that were written about getting out of this place, uh, getting out of this this broken, fallen world that we live in and hurry up and get to heaven. And I, I understand that sentiment, but we have work to do. He has work to do, and he invites us to be a part of it. And this song anchors us that this is all going to be redeemed, and we have been redeemed. And he is, uh, and then I love that last verse. When I stand in glory, I will see his face. There I'll serve my king forever in that holy place. You know, and I just, I just love the, the conviction and the, the bedrock that Melody gives us to this. And, and if you've ever heard Keith perform it, I mean, you talk about somebody who just slams it. I mean, he, you could just tell every cell in his body was was invested in this song and uh uh he left us a great legacy of music and this is this is certainly one of the most profound ones that that he performed so 
I'm glad it meant something to you, Art. And um, what are you doing today? Well, I'm uh, just doing some paperwork. Uh, we're going to get together to study our Sunday school lesson sometime today. And we uh, have taken in a young lady who lost her husband a little over a year ago. And uh, my wife and I have kind of taken her in under our wing, and we try to keep in contact with her to, uh, like, as an example, today we've asked her if she would want to join us as my wife and I study the Sunday school lesson sometime today. And she has uh, agreed to do so when she finds out uh, whether this uh, older lady needs her sometime today. And the time that she won't be working for this Teresa, our friend Pam will be joining us as we study our Sunday school lesson for tomorrow. What's the lesson on? Uh, uh, I'm not really sure, but I'm I'm slowly pulling open my drawer and flipping. Uh, we have really a, a fantastic teacher. Uh, we got a we got a pop quiz going on here, Art. Uh-huh. <laughs> a uh huh. Pop quiz. Lesson, lesson tomorrow is about justice, judges, and priests. Um, well, that is that is a very um, current topic. Um, yeah. Scripture says, I believe it's in in uh, Proverbs, but I'm not. Don't don't hold me to task on that. Where there is no justice, the people groan. Yeah, and um, and I think we're seeing this played out in our country right now. So this is a very appropriate topic. Uh, back to what you and your wife are doing. James one twenty seven says, "Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this: to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world." And so uh, you and your wife are modeling that by caring for this young widow. And uh, in her affliction, and so yeah. that is a that is a, a, a beautiful testimony to your walk with the Lord. So, uh, Art, you go and, and study up on uh, justice and judges and priests, and uh, I trust it'll be a, a a fine Sunday school lesson tomorrow morning. I'd like to say something if I can. I've heard your Certainly. program before, and brother, you are on target. You are on the on the money, and I appreciate your program so much. Plus the uh, parts where you play the piano. That's a big-time blessing. I'm just I'm uh, very well pleased, very well pleased. Well, uh, that means a lot, uh, Art, and I thank you for, for listening, for listening to this station, this network, and for this program. Um, we're a little bit different. Um, I sit down with my fellow caregivers and a cup of coffee, and we talk the journey and how we can strengthen ourselves and it always comes back to the Word of God. And I've been doing this long enough to know that we don't need a how-to manual. Uh, we need to go back to the Word of God and anchor ourselves so that when these trials and these tribulations and these tests come, and whatever faces us each day as caregivers, that we can anchor ourselves in this. And, th- and these hymns help us do that. So thank you for your kind words, Art. And you, uh, I'll let you get to studying and uh, call in anytime, all right? Just keep on keeping on, Peter. Thank you. Thank you, Art. This show is designed to anchor us in this because I I learned a long time ago, and I'll get into this story. By the way, if you want to be a part of the program, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And I may 
take this right up to the break, but um, some years ago, as a caregiver, and I don't know if I've ever shared this on this program, I've shared it on um, others, but I was in a very, very difficult place, and it was um, it was it was heartbreaking. There was I, I was just I was really I, I couldn't sleep. I was exhausted, and uh, I was just not in a good place. So I tried to check myself into a local mental health facility in Nashville when we lived in Nashville for many years. And I walked in and I, I was just so, I was so lost and so discouraged. And I I stood there at the doorway and the, um, the people at the desk said, are you lost? And I, I kind of teared up and I said, yeah, I think I am. And um, I said, do you guys take walk-ins? And they looked at me kind of odd, which I th- thought was a little bit insulting because I thought this is a mental health hospital. That cannot be the weirdest question y'all have gotten. And uh, they took me back to a back room that looked like it had seen better days. They took my wallet, took my keys, took my blood pressure, and they sent me in this room, and a counselor came in, and we talked for a while. And I think I just kind of verbally vomited for about an hour and a half, just kind of poured it all out. And the counselor looked at me, and she said, well, you know, we, we, we can't keep you here. You're not crazy. And I said, well, can I get that in writing? Because there's a lot of people that would, would want to see that. <laughs> she laughed. She said, no, you're not crazy. You're, you're burnt out. And I can give you some names of some counselors that you can see. And, and she gave me a couple, and I went and saw one, and all he wanted to do was give me meds. That doesn't help me, and it would, that wasn't what I needed, and uh, that, that just didn't go anywhere. But she said, she said two things to me. One of them was, uh, uh, she said, we've got box lunches. Uh, we've been giving out all day long, and we've got one left. Do you want it? And I said, yes, ma'am, I do. And it was tuna fish. And I've never turned down a tuna fish sandwich in my whole life. I wasn't about to start then. And then as I was leaving with my little box lunch in my hand, going out to the parking lot, she said, you know, I'd recommend a book for you to read, but you're the guy to write it. And I sat there in my car, ate my tuna sandwich, and I thought about that. Well, what would I say to fellow caregivers? And then I thought, what would I say to myself? And I thought about a young man, I was 22, when I fell in love with Gracie, asked her to marry me, and got married two weeks after my 23rd birthday, dumber than a box of hammers. And I thought, what would I say to that young man? What's coming down the pike? How do you, how do you stay strong? That's what this program is about. 888-589-8840. We'll be right back. I've got a book I've been working on for some years now. It's called Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves. Bishop E.W. Jackson. I think it really is an important response to the critical race theory nonsense and all of this racial demagoguery that has risen up like a cult. Tune in to The Awakening, weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. Hannah's Heart, a half-hour program specifically designed to encourage Christian couples walking through infertility and miscarriage. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome, but this is a show that says however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. 
Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White each Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. You can find the podcast at AFR.net. I'm Peter Rosenberger, and this is your Caregiver Minute. Most caregivers regularly take someone else to see a physician. But when was the last time we saw our physician? We often grow so weary of taking others to a doctor's office that the thought of going to another one or taking time off of work again, well, it's just too much. Caregiving can be daunting and relentless. Those challenges sap the desire to fix a healthy meal, much less schedule time to go to yet another doctor visit. Yet that visit can very well save a caregiver's life. Caregiving can often feel like a full contact sport, and it's hard on the body as well as the heart. Make the call. Keep the appointment for yourself as a caregiver. Doing so ensures treatment of the one body standing between your vulnerable loved one and even worse disaster, and that's yours. This has been your Caregiver Minute with Peter Rosenberger, brought to you by Standing with Hope, a ministry for the wounded and those who care for them. There's more information at standingwithhope.com. He will be strong to deliver me safe and the joy of Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver here on American Family Radio. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the program for you as a family caregiver. We're glad to have you with us. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. One of the joys of my life was be able to hear Gracie and Russ Taft sing that song. That was uh, that was just such a treat. And that's uh, I love the way they, they knocked that one out of the park. And um, so that you can get that on her CD, Resilient. It's out at hopeforthecaregiver.com. You can follow instructions, see how to get that. Let's go to um, Deb in Texas. Deb knows the song. Deb, tell me about the song that I played in the A Block this morning. Good morning. Good um, morning. How are you feeling, by the way, Deb? I'm doing great today. Good to I hear. Am. Good to hear. Um, I live in Texas, and first time we heard the song, my husband and I, was in the 80s. And our children were at this wonderful little Christian school, and um, Keith and Melody Green's children were there as well. And I worked there as in the uh, preschool, and so I knew the children. And that song was a favorite of my husband's, who passed away a couple of years ago. And uh, that was the last, one of the last hymns that he listened to before he went home. But the song, like the other gentleman was saying, is the bottom line. And the song brought back a lot of memories for the day that the uh, plane crash happened. And um, just it just meant so much to my husband. And every time I hear it now, I think of those days back in the 80s when... Um, Keith and Melody Green were here. Well, it Thank was a. Um, so, mm-hmm. Well, you're you're quite welcome, and and I love that as well. And it is it's a, it's for caregivers, it's mm-hmm. awful hard to know where sure footing is. Yes, we we get we get so disoriented in the journey. It is so difficult, and and this song is bedrock. There is sure footing on this song. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and what Melody wrote in this is just extraordinary. And it gives us a anchoring of what's real, which is there is a Redeemer. It's Jesus, God's own Son. And then it, it takes us into that place of thanksgiving, which is thank you, O my Father, for giving us your Son. Cicero said that gratitude is the parent of all other virtues. And uh, I believe that because we, 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 we as believers should be more grateful than anyone else on this planet. And, and, and it should exude from us as just this gratitude. Uh, thank you, O my Father, for giving us your Son. And then we affirm that he's left his spirit until the work on earth is done. And it's just, it's an extraordinary song that anchors us back into reality when, when reality seems awful murky. And um, I, I, um, I appreciate you sharing that story of, of getting to know the, the, the children of this family and, mm-hmm. and this, this extraordinary family. Yeah. It was a it, hard day when, when, yes, that, when that plane crashed that took Keith and, and kids. And, and it just, yes. it was a hard day. And, uh, yes. But and, it, it's one of those, um, he left, what a legacy he left. And, uh, mm-hmm. and we're, we're grateful for it. So I've got a, a whole bunch of calls that are evidently resonating with this. So I want to uh, jump in real quick to these, but I appreciate very much you calling, Deb. I really do. Thank you. Thank you for your program. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate you. Dave, David in Louisiana. David, good morning. How are you feeling? Well, I am feeling great. It's so wonderful to be able to talk to you. I've been listening to your show for a long, long time. I, uh, I play music for the Lord. I'm 60, 69, and uh, you play all these old hymns. Uh, 30 years ago, I started my uh, journey with the Lord playing music at a First Baptist Church in Lake Charles. And so all these hymns just resonate, plus I grew up Baptist. So uh, this one I'm not too familiar with, but uh, I just want to tell you it touches my heart. Every time I hear you on the piano, I turn my radio up so I can hear exactly what you're playing. But uh, What instrument I, do I you respect. play? Well, I play drums. That's my main instrument. But uh, when I was incarcerated, a wonderful man taught me how to play bass, So, and I have perfect pitch. And and uh, God gave me that. So uh, when I I hear you playing, I can hear the bass parts going along with what you're playing. <laughs> I, I get but, that. Uh, I wish I, I I always envy drummers. Uh, my wife says she calls me Indiana Peter in the tempo of doom, and uh, because oh, these uh, these drummers <laughs> are just um, I, I envy what you can do, and um, I love to play along with a good drummer, and uh, I have great, great respect for bass players as well. Bass players always seem like the most mellow players. They just kind of hang out. They don't get all worked up. The only bass player I know that shows any kind of activity is Vernell from Earth, Wind, and Fire. The rest of them are just sit, stand up there and just they're very cool, and they just, you know, they just hang tight and. Uh, but I'm I'm glad that you you like these songs. I'm glad that they mean something to you, and uh, they they mean something to me. And and I think that um, I get more letters, and emails, and calls over these hymns than anything else that we do. Uh, evidently, it just strikes such a chord with people, David, and and I yeah. am grateful to be able to introduce them and reintroduce them to people who may not have heard them before, and uh, and need to hear them now because I think we've done ourselves a terrible disservice in our modern church by getting away from the hymnal. And, uh, um, and some of the hymns I'll play and reference are, are 
300 years old. And then some of them like this one are less than 50 years old. Uh, but they're, they're wonderful, wonderful hymns. And, uh, uh, I appreciate very much that, then, uh, that you, you call and listen to the show. You know, I get a lot of guys in prison that listen to the program and write me and, uh, and I treasure every one of those. I, I save all those letters. Um, and, you know, I, I, I never cease to be amazed where this program goes, uh, whether it's hospitals or hospice or prisons or it goes wherever more places it, than you think. And that's yeah, and it just you know, and when I get a letter from an inmate, um, recognizing that sometimes this this network is the the only Jesus they get to encounter with, uh, the mm-hmm. only words of comfort and strength and encouragement and salvation that they get to hear, and um, so I, I am very grateful for that. And were you able to listen to this uh, network and this program? While you were incarcerated, or has that been too long ago, or what? What's the story on that? Well, no, I've been out. I've been out a year, and I didn't know anything about it when I was incarcerated. And I listened to AFR. I mean, that's my station. And uh, just real quickly, you know, your caregiver. I, I I have so much love and respect for that. I do the same thing. Uh, I have a prayer ministry uh, through JPay. I've got ten or eleven young men that. Uh, I, I knew while I was incarcerated, I still email them. I pray with them. Uh, I'm a dad. I see I'm a, a papa twice in jail. And a lot of these guys, uh, you know, they they don't have family. Their family threw them away. One young guy's 24 and was abused as young as three years old, and I'm his papa now. So I know all about it, man, and that, I just wanted to share that with you too. I don't want to take too much of your time. I know there's other. No, no, you you keep talk. doing that because, you know, Jesus said very clearly: sick, naked, hungry, prison, thirsty. This these are the things he's looking for. You keep doing that. We minister out of our wounds, and mm-hmm. you know, you obviously were able to walk with God through your time in prison, and Amen. you are able to extend the same grace. We uh, Paul says. Uh, I think in Corinthians, we comfort one another with the same comfort that we ourselves have been comforted by the God of all comfort. And that's what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I, I think I could speak for all the listeners on here. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Okay. Amen. And, uh, and right. there are a lot of guys that need a pawpaw and you go and, and you be that pawpaw. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank all right. You so let me go to time. Well, you're quite welcome and, and feel free to call anytime. Stephen in Arkansas. Stephen, good morning. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm blessed. Tell me about what's going on with you. Uh, I lost my wife within the night. And uh, <clears throat> that song reminds me of us being out on the streets of Central Florida helping homeless and needy. And uh, uh, her, her and I, she took care of the ladies and I take care of the men and she's uh, in a much better place than I am now. So I praise God for that. And I thank him. I thank him. It was a generous thing, not wanting her to go, but she's in a better place. I understand. What, what about that song reminds you of that time? Well, just uh, the, the things that, it's hard to explain to people. Excuse me. 
<clears throat> still pretty fresh. But, uh, you know, when you're out on the street helping people, and, and we were giving out food, uh, bucks, paws, all kinds of things. And uh, when we did that, it was just amazing how he would provide. Somebody would come up and say, this jacket's too small. And maybe one or two people later, somebody had fit him perfect. And just so many things occurred that just made it was the Lord. It wasn't us. And I miss her. I know you do. And we, we mourn with those who mourn and we grieve with those who grieve. And, um, yes. and Stephen, I want you to just feel free to call in and I want you to continue listening uh, get your hymnal and go through some of these hymns that mean something to you and um, look at the text. A lot of the great hymns that we we have overlooked were written out of great sorrow and great challenges. And uh, yeah. I believe that God, God gave us a, a wonderful gift with these hymns that, that anchor us in such difficult times. And, um, and so this, and this is one of them. And, and of course, Melody wrote this hymn and she herself went through such great sorrow, uh, losing Keith and her children. And, and it was, um, you know, but yet this hymn endures because the, the, the meaning of this, the bedrock of this hymn does, and it sustains us in these, these dark moments. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And he is, and he's with you right now, Stephen, uh, through this time. We appreciate you very much for taking the time to call. We've got to go to a break, but I do appreciate you listening and taking the time to call. Feel free to call in any time. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. We'll be right back. Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me, but over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, we've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies, and with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit standingwithhope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's standingwithhope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope. The Word of God tells us many times in one form or another, fear not. Today in the world, many people are very fearful about some of the many perils and dangerous happenings that are going on in the world. Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2 tell us, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. I'm Joseph Parker and we here at the American Family Association would like to remind you, fear not. Put your trust in the Lord. We'd like to both encourage and challenge you to aggressively put your faith to work. 
And one way to do that is to pray Psalm 91 daily for yourself and your family and keep your trust in Him. If you'd like to get a copy of the Psalm 91 prayer for yourself, email us here at psalm91 at afa.net. Again, that's psalm91 at afa.net. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the program for you as a family caregiver. We're glad that you're with us. 888-589-8840. And if, by the way, please go out to hopeforthecaregiver.com. We have uh, 600, almost getting close to 700 episodes on our podcast that, that are free. You can download them, share it with others. Some of them are the entire program of like today's show will be out there next week. And uh, then we have you know, one minute caregiver things that we do. And we have songs, we have all kinds of things that we offer and please take advantage of it. Hope for the caregiver.com. And if you, if you find this program meaningful, please tell others about it. And at hope for the caregiver.com, you can help us do it better and do more of it. And you can donate through there. It'll go to standing with hope, which is the presenting sponsor of everything we do. And we would love to have you as part of that. We have two different program outreaches. One of them is the Family Caregiver Outreach, and the other is Prosthetic Limbs for Gracie's Fellow Amputees. We work with two different clinics in Accra, Ghana, and we help sponsor patients as far away as Kenya. And we are actually got one now in Cameroon that we're uh, talking with, and we have several in Nigeria, and but most of it is in Ghana, and it's... Um, we purchase a lot of materials. We have inmates that disassemble, use prosthesis for us, and we can recycle things. And it's done at a prison in Arizona um, run by a company called CoreCivic. And it, there's there's lots of different uh, things that are going on. It's for the wounded and those who care for them, and we'd welcome your help. And you can go to hopeforthecaregiver.com and see more about that. Uh, let's go to Tony in Ohio. Tony, good morning. How are you feeling? <gasps> I'm, uh, you know, God has made a beautiful day in Ohio. Indeed. So, yes. how are you feeling? Um, better. Better. I don't usually feel, you know, better until April. Um, <laughs> my husband passed in uh, March. It'd be four years. This March 20th. Um... How many years? Uh, it gets rough. Uh, to be four years. And we were together and Mar- for... And, and March 30. is usually a dreary kind of month anyway. And, yeah, uh, well, and he passed two days before our daughter's 15th birthday. Mm. That was rough. And you took care of him? Oh, yeah. All our marriage. We married. Um, we had to postpone our wedding. He was in the hospital getting work done on his pancreas. He had some cysts on his pancreas, so we had to postpone our wedding for that. Um, so we married in sickness and in health, literally. Um, we got married October 3rd, my grandmother's birthday at the courthouse. And um, then again, uh, we had our wedding so I could wear my pink dress um, November 6th. Um, so we had two weddings. 
but we celebrated the one on my grandmother's birthday, and we got married by a Judge Janet Jackson. So, yeah, Janet Jackson's on our <laughs> wedding certificate. Um, I, tr- but, I trust know, it's not the same Janet Jackson. <laughs> no, 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 no. But she was fabulous. So, you know, we always had that little joke, and he was a man of God, and God put us together. We were just, you know, you know he was 11 and a half years older than me. Um, a lot like my grandfather, who was very instrumental in raising me because my mother had, you know, rough teenage years and had me at 17, my, my older sister at, at 16 and my younger sister at 21. So my grandparents were instrumental in helping her. Um, they had six other kids. They were army brats. My, my grandfather was a master sergeant in the army and. Um, then after they raised their kids, they took in foster kids of army people that when the husbands passed, they took in the kids until the women got their mental health on track and felt better. So I was like, they sound like wonderful people. Oh my gosh. My grandmother's the reason of, and my grandfather, my grandfather, I was his buddy because I was hyperactive as a kid. No one could handle me, but grandpa, so. I called him daddy until I was four because my father, you know, stepped out on my mom and denied me as being his. And so, yeah, it was rough. Um, but my grandpa was my buddy and they raised us. What was, you know, uh, we lived with them and were they, were they involved in their church? Um, they weren't involved in church. However, we were free to go to Sunday school. Um, the bus came and my grandmother was involved in church when she was younger. And so was my grandfather um, in the Army and stuff. So we were raised on the Bible, um, straight out of the Bible. And, you know, went to all kinds of different churches. I'm a Nazarene now. Um, That's just what I gravitated because it's straight out of the Bible and compassion and stuff like that. But, you know, they were just God-fearing people, raised six God-fearing kids. My mother, she's still Christian, and she's you know, she is uh, the love of my life. I love my mother. I will honor her. I do not hold my past against my mother because we're not to do that. And um, my two sisters still are kind of dealing with that, but they're not as long in their faith as I am because I've had a lot happen. That you know, I accepted Jesus at five years old in vacation Bible school. So, and that's thanks to my grandmother because I had health issues and she used to sit. I was in a plastic bubble at Children's Hospital, and she'd sit there at that side of that plastic crib and read the Bible and sing me the Jesus song. So I've always been a little different, a little, you know, knowing that I'm not from this, this place, that what's I a, have a greater what's a, um, place to be. What's a song that she used to sing to you? Oh, you know, Jesus loves the little children. Jesus loves me, this I know. All my hope is in Jesus. Um you know, just all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah. Jesus loved me. Yes. Oh, yeah, all of them. I mean, this little light of mine. I mean, we, I, uh, my grandmother, she, you know, I played the organ. She had a, we had a Kimball organ. I grew I mean, these people, and then I married a man who was raised by his grandparents. His grandmother had polio. She was crippled. And 
you know, his mother died of breast cancer when he was 11. His aunt stepped in. I had a wonderful aunt named Debbie who stepped in and helped my mom. She's like, hey, you need a break from the kids? You know, I mean, so his aunt was Gloria. She lived with us on and off throughout our marriage. Well, it sounds like you guys had a lot of care of her. It sounds like uh, you guys had a lot of family support, and I I appreciate you sharing that with us. What's the... uh, What's the date of your husband's passing in March? Uh, he passed three twenty eighteen. All right, I will. I will remember yeah. that, and, and I appreciate you calling Here's to share how you that. Know and, that God is good. My husband's name was Paul. My grandfather's name was Paul, and who wrote two thirds of the New Testament? Paul. Well, I. God I, is good. I, well, you hang on to that, and on March twentieth, we'll remember that. We've got to run, and I thank you very much, Tony, for taking the thank time you, to call this morning and for listening. I really do appreciate it. We've got to wrap it up today. Um, listen, I need a I, I got a favor to ask of you all. Um, next week's going to be a hard week for Gracie. Twenty years ago, she had several discs in her back that um, were were falling apart, and they fused her. And the way they did it 20 years ago is it kind of pitched her forward a little bit. And double amputees tend to hyperextend their back anyway. And and so her back is kind of a train wreck. But it's pitched her forward, and over the years it's gone even more and more. And now she's she can't stand up straight. She's been over about 40 degrees, and she has to use canes. There was a time when she didn't have to use canes. And she has to use canes to push back so she doesn't just lean over. And it's it's becoming such a problem. And we knew this about eight years ago, but she wasn't physically ready for the surgery at that point. We talked to the chief of neurosurgery at Vanderbilt in Nashville when we lived there. And we've gone through an extensive process this year. Um, and the surgery is just too big of a surgery for any of the hospitals in Montana. That's what they told us. Uh, we talked to the neurosurgeon at, one of the lar- at the largest hospital in Montana. And they said, we're going to have to escalate this up. It's a big surgery. It's the biggest surgery that Gracie's ever had, and that's saying something, Um, certainly since her wreck 38 years ago. And this will be her 82nd that I can count. We're going to go to Denver and do this. Um, We're leaving Sunday night, and so we'll be there. And Surgery Wednesday, I think, is when she goes in as it stands. It's been pushed back and forth because of COVID and everything else. And uh, this is going to be a very difficult time. It's it's a very big, serious surgery where they have to go in there and refuse all this, undo what was done 20 years ago, refuse it to straighten her back up. And um, there are a lot of risk involved with this, but her options are thin. So I would appreciate your prayers. I don't tell people how to care give because I can't tell you how to take care of your loved one anymore then you can tell me how to take care of Gracie. I just share with you what I've learned as I've done it and as I do it. And that's why I play these hymns. And that's why I did this hymn this morning, which obviously resonated with a lot of people. There is a Redeemer, Jesus, God's own Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah, Holy One. When I stand in glory, I will see His face. And there I'll serve my King forever in that holy place. But in the meantime, we say thank you, oh my Father, 
for giving us your son and leaving your spirit till the work on earth is done. That's our journey as caregivers. That anchors us. That's bedrock. That's my bedrock. That's where I stand. This is going to be a hard several weeks and months to follow. And we'll give you a report when I'm back on the air. But in the meantime, I would appreciate your prayers. And you go to hopeforthecaregiver.com for more information. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much.